Uh, children could be dismissed for children's church at this time. Uh, my mother's calling. If y'all hang on for a moment. Uh, good to see everybody. I want to encourage you, if you have not yet brought items from businesses to raise money for Paul White coming here in two weeks, um, uh, our deadline actually is in two weeks, we um, we are needing some more items. I see we've got a couple of bikes back there and uh, items coming from stores. Don't forget to just ask anybody you know who possibly could make a contribution of some item to be sold in an auction. Um, I understand some people are just collecting money from businesses. Um, we prefer items, but if they don't do that, money is great. It's all going for the same uh, uh, the purpose of bringing our evangelists. But uh, we're excited about that event. That's going to be uh, the last Saturday of the month out at Happy's Auction. We're going to be raising funds uh, that night and encourage everybody to come. It's going to be a blast um, as, as we see... Uh, an opportunity there for the community to also be invited to uh, come here. Uh, Paul White. Paul White is a man of grace. If you came last year to our meetings, he is um, 39 years old, very anointed, uh, flows in the gift of, uh, of apostleship, proclaiming the message of grace like the Apostle Paul. Um, he has uh, since moved to California about a year ago and... Um, has been doing a ministry there. He is traveling all over the United States and out of the country, uh, proclaiming grace, and God's been using him in a big and mighty way. And we're thrilled that uh, he is coming here. So uh, if you would, uh, continue to be praying for that service, okay? Um, also, Wednesday nights, if you're not a pr- uh, participant of Wednesday night and would like to be, we provide a meal for free and then after uh do a bible study and it's just intimate good time uh last week we studied the word of faith and um we just encourage you to come as we're dissecting the word um talking about biblical principles and grace that uh, can be applied to your life um how many of you all went home last sunday and you had a a little is it called a cud to chew on y'all had something to chew on after last sunday morning I think some people were offended um, at first, and um, I understand why. The message last Sunday, uh, the Lord's been just toying with my head in that aspect because, in other words, I, I, it's like I can't get it out of my head, okay? Uh, the whole concept that God loved Barry Simsrat so much that he sent his son Jesus to take my place. That Jesus, I got his righteousness, he got my sin. He became Barry. He went to the cross that Barry was supposed to die on. And Barry was with him, but Jesus was with Barry. And Jesus paid that penalty, went to a grave, but yet didn't stay there. The reason he didn't stay there is because God was showing us how much he loved us. That if he left Jesus in the ground, there's no hope for none. It was a very mean and angry and vengeful God. But God in his mercy resurrected his son and you and I were in his son. So we resurrected with them and we are seated in God's eyes at the right hand of the father in Christ Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but that excites me because that tells me how much God loves me in spite of what I've done. (laughs) So last week we were talking about loving people and forgiving people because God sees people 
as pure innocence. Y'all remember that? This week, did you look at people differently? This week, did you see people differently? Did you maybe make a phone call as the Lord and the Spirit reminded you to do so? I pray that's true and that it happened in your life. But today, I want to take you down another thought process and, and give you another thing to chew on this week. And uh, it, it amazes me that how many people are on medication for fear and anxiety. God never intended for us to be on medication for fear and anxiety. Now, if you are on medication for fear and anxiety, just hang on for a moment, all right? I don't want you mad saying, preacher told me i got to throw my pills out the window. I want you to hear me completely today. And when we're done, I pray that the Spirit of God will reveal something to you. Okay? you got to remember that we always go back to the garden. The reason we always go back to the garden, because that's what Jesus came to restore us back to. Jesus came to redeem us and to put us back in the garden before man fell. Man was made after the image of God. Man did not have to work. Nobody said amen. Man didn't have to work. All right, y'all still ain't amen. Amen! God wanted man to kick back, relax, and enjoy and watch what God did for man. God was, it was a love garden. It was a garden of love. He said, Adam, I want you to eat food and I want you to love your wife. A life of love. We all go on vacation to do those two things. I'm getting to get away with me and my wife. Old Eric and Lauren got to go to the beach last weekend. They just need some time away. They, they really went to Eden. Because what we're doing is watch. We're trying to get away from this rat race of working and the busy stuff. So we go on vacation to, we'll pay a little extra for a little lobster because we don't eat lobster every day here at home. And, and we, we splurge a little bit and we just kind of enjoy the good life, right? That's what Eden was. And so Jesus brought us back to Eden by what he did at Calvary. What's sad is most of us have not yet been transferred. To Eden. Oh, we say we have, but we're still having some fear and anxiety in our life. Adam and Eve had no fear and no anxiety before the fall. None. Zero. Zip. What brought it forth, we're going to find out today. And the reason I want to find out why is because I believe there's a couple of passages of Scripture that will help us in seeing the truth of why people are bound by anxiety and fear, and yet why God desired that you never would have it. Are y'all ready for some word? Amen. There was a lady who went into a grocery store. She walked up to a young clerk and she said, young man, is there any way I can get a, uh, this grapefruit cut in half? I only want a half of a grapefruit. And the young man said, well, I don't know, ma'am. Let me ask my manager. So he goes back into the produce room. He says, some stinking customer out here wants to know if they can have half of the grapefruit. And he heard the door open and the little lady was standing there. And he says, but this other lovely woman, she would love to have the other half. And the, and the boss was impressed how quick this kid thought. So the boss, after the old lady got her little grapefruit and went home, he called the young man to the side and he says, so tell me, son, tell me a little bit about yourself. He said, well, I'm from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. 
And he says, it's the place where we have ugly women, but great hockey teams. And the boss says, that's amazing. My wife is from there. And he goes, oh, yeah, what team does she play on? (laughs) Now, that was funny. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Now I've got to (laughs) preach. It's hard to preach after a dumb joke like that. Are you all glad to be here today? All right, open your Bibles, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 2. We're going to have a little fun in the Word today because I want to show you, and this is going to be a brief, quick message. I know Sammy Davis will just, might give me a hug after church for this one, okay? He already left, actually. Okay. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 2, if you would. Um, let me tell you all something about uh, long sermons, if you don't mind, for a moment. Isn't it amazing how law and tradition made a pastor feel guilty if he didn't have an hour sermon. Because if you didn't have an hour sermon, you didn't prepare this week and you didn't study. That was the guilt and condemnation that I used to live under, that bondage, when the Holy Spirit saying, give them one nugget they can chew on and chew on it all week long so they can apply and make a difference in our lives. So today I'm going to throw one at you. You ready? Let's read Hebrews chapter 2. I want to start with verse 14 and then 15. You ready? For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, that's us, he, Jesus, also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him, Satan, who had the power of death, that is the devil. Jesus came and he was a partaker of, In the realm of flesh and blood, he came in the likeness of sinful man. And he came that through the death that he would go to the cross, that he could destroy the power of death that is the devil. Now I want you all to think about that for a moment. Satan was the power of death. For those who don't know Christ, he is the power of death. Satan is the power of death. And Jesus came to destroy that. So if you ever wonder where the Bible proves that Satan got defeated, here's a good passage. Verse 15. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifestyle subject to bondage. Did you all see that? The fear of death keeps people in bondage their whole lifetime. Now I'm not talking about the fear of dying. The fear of dying, you know, I wonder how I'm going to die. I'm going to wonder if it's going to be a car crash. Am I going to be old and have a heart attack in my bed? Not talking about that death. We're talking about a different kind of death. The fear of being separated from God. The fear of spiritual death. The fear that you are not connected or you feel separated from God. I want you to see a picture here with me today as we start talking about fear and anxiety. Some of you who have fear and anxiety, for whatever reason, it came about in your life and it feel, and you start feeling like you're out of control, so you've got to get some help. And so it seemed like the only way to get help is to go and see a doctor and they gave you something for it and it helps to uh, soothe the nerves. And so therefore, your fear and your anxiety seems to be under control. What I want to show you today is that fear was a part of the law of sin and death. Fear is linked 
with death. Fear is faith in the enemy. Fear is faith in the enemy. If I'm running in fear, I'm always looking back. Right? God doesn't want us looking back. Paul says, press forward, man. We're supposed to keep our eyes and looking to the author and finisher of our faith. See, we, God's desire is that we get so caught up in seeing Jesus that we don't even think about being fearful of anything. See, I don't fear of being separated from God anymore, and I don't fear of that death, that, 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 that gloomy, um, isolation, that, 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 the feeling that I had before I was saved. When I was wondering why people were so happy, and yet I couldn't find that happiness. You see, let me show you something. The truth is this. The Bible says that to know the truth, the truth will make you free. Indeed, it says that that, that the truth will make you free. If you know the truth, the truth is Jesus. If you know Jesus, you will be set free. The reason you're set free is because Jesus is life. And if you have life, you've been set free. If you don't have life, but you have death, you are in bondage according to this scripture. It says that Jesus came and he took care of the bondage that people were under all those years under the devil because he had them in the mindset of death. Where I want to go today with the passage of Scripture is this. I want us to go back to the garden and find out what in the world caused man to have fear and anxiety. I want to talk about that for a few moments, and then I'm going to wrap it up with what God intends for us to see. When Adam and Eve were in the garden that day, and they had fallen, they had eaten of the the tree, and we know the story very well. Let's go to Genesis, if you would. Flip back to Genesis. I think I'm going to start in, uh, let's see where I want to go. Genesis chapter 3. Let's go to verse 7, okay? Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. Everybody there? And the eyes of them both were opened, talking about Adam and Eve, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid. I heard your voice in the garden, God, and I was afraid. Because I was naked, I hid myself. And God said unto him, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree whereof I commanded you that you should not eat? And the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. I want to stop here and think about for a moment what caused Adam to fear. Now, if you're thinking in your mind, the woman, you're wrong. That may be your story right now in life. 
That was a joke. Okay, it didn't go over too good. <laughs> you may fear your wife right now, but back in the Bible day, this is not what caused Adam to fear. Do you know what caused Adam to fear? The same thing that causes us to fear. We just read a scripture in Hebrews that said that Jesus came to destroy the work of Satan or the devil. The devil's desire is to keep us in bondage in darkness. To have fear of death. To keep you in bondage of the fear of death. But yet, in this story, they ate of a tree. Now, what in the world would have made them eat of a tree that God said not to? Satan came along, and in his little crafty, conniving way, he says this. He convinced Adam and Eve that they were, are y'all ready? They were lacking something. Why, God, God knew if you ate of that, you'd be just like him. Right? Oh, really? Is that the case? I thought we already are like him. No, if you are like him, then why wouldn't he want you to eat of that tree? So they realized or they believed at that point they were lacking something. Man, God got a hold of me this week on that thought, and I thought, wow, that's the reason we fear. Because you believe you're lacking something. Did you know that most of you are us? When we pause and we start thinking about the world and its ways, because the world and its ways will push upon mankind. The whole concept is the world wants you to definitely fall into its lead, not the Lord's. The enemy is the Lord of the earth, the Bible says, and so as he is Lord of the earth, he wants you to get caught up in worldly things. Now, I'm not preaching against a nice house. I'm not preaching against a nice car. What I am preaching against is if you have that pull or that wooing because you think that so-and-so has one and I don't, so I'm lacking, and so you go and buy it even though you can't afford it, and then now that you can't afford it, pressure's on, you're in fear and anxiety. Have you all ever thought about that? Think of the stuff that you have gone out and done out of the concept that you're lacking and somebody else has something that you wish you had. The Lord started showing me saying, hey, this is where fear and anxiety came from. That's where it's all stirred up in all of us. We're caught up in that muck. And, and listen, it's not wrong to have it when the Lord has provided and you got the money and you can do it. That's exciting. Be able to bless your family and have nice things. But there's times in our life when fear and anxiety doesn't even have to be with stuff. It could be even about things people say about you. And you believe the concept of what they said, and it sounded like you're lacking. So, yeah, that dude, he's really mean. He's not a nice person. So you go home all contemplating and upset, and start, next thing you know, you're anxious and thinking everybody in the whole world sees you as a mean person when you know deep in your heart you're nice. So you've got to try to convince someone. And when you can't convince somebody, you get into having a nervous breakdown, and then you're living in fear that people don't like you. Everybody hates you. As I was thinking about this, I love God's response. Who told you you were naked? The mirror? <laughs> God knew Adam and Eve were naked from the beginning, but God never wanted them to see that from the view of being self-conscious, 
God never intended for man to cross that line. He knew they were naked, but he didn't want them to know they were naked. All he wanted them to know is how much he loved them. His desire was, I'm going to put you in a garden, I'm going to bless you, and just sit back and enjoy it forever. You will not die here. Yet they ate of the tree, and so now here comes the fear of death. We've been living the fear of death too long as Christians, and it's time we wake up and shake up and say, you know what? I don't need fear and anxiety in me anymore. Here's how we overcome fear and anxiety. I want you to go with me to another passage found in Colossians chapter 3. Someone turned the air off. Woo! Getting warm in here. All right, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, if you would, read with me. If you then be risen with Christ... Seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. If you then be risen with Christ, if you say that you're in Christ, church, you've been risen with Christ. It says, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of the Father. Set your affections on things above. Woo! Set affections on things above, not on the things of the earth. Our affections, some of y'all are still excited because six months from now, you're thinking you're going to win that lottery. And you already envision how much, who you're going to give it to and how you're going to give it, and you're living for that day. And when it don't come, you'll say, well, maybe it's six more months. Maybe I just misunderstood the Lord. I'll just try six more months. And y'all been doing that for ten years or longer. Who told you that that would bring you happiness? The only thing that's going to bring you happiness is life in Christ Jesus. The fulfillment and the completeness is when you start putting your affections on the things above the world. When you start thinking about how good God really is instead of how bad my job is and how bad I hate my house. i got to have a better house. My car makes a rattle. I need a car that doesn't rattle. Man, they got cars now that keep you on the road. You try to turn off the road, it won't even let you. So we think, well, that'd be great for me because I fall asleep all the time when I'm driving. That'd be a good... God knows what you need. The Lord provides for what you need in due season. Why don't you start just finding peace in the life of Christ? Set your affections on things above. Not on things of the earth. <laughs> hey, once again, if you have a new car, praise God. But don't let it be your God. Constantly be rejoicing and thanking the Lord. Keeping your affections and your thoughts and all the things that, that you think about. Let it be start thinking about Him and what He's done for you instead of what you think you got to do for you. He says, you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. See, we are hid now. We're hid in Christ. If I'm hid in Christ, I can't have fear of death anymore. One reason is because I'm already dead. I'm alive in Him. See, the death is when I don't know Him. 
that, that Paul says that the ministry of death is the law. It means all those things that I'm trying to do to impress God, trying to please God, that is the ministry of death. But the ministry of life is grace. It's Christ Jesus. It's you in him and he in you. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. When we pause here today and we say, you know what? There are things that I thought I've been lacking. And the enemy had me believing that if I got those things, I'd be happy. Let me just tell you all something. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Ask Adam and Eve. They didn't get what they really thought they were going to get. That's why I feel bad for all these Muslims who are dying and killing people so they can get their virgins. It ain't going to happen. What a disappointment when they find out that Allah ain't a God. We serve Jehovah God who promises us from the foundation of the world that he loved us and he saved us and he has called us according to his purpose for a great work, not only in heaven but here on earth. God has designed in you and me a life called Christ Jesus. So if I realize that life is in me, I should be having some joy and happiness coming forth, shouldn't I? The anxiety and the fears are all from stuff that I feel like I deserved or I got done wrong it's a lie from the pit of hell. If you got everything you desired right now in the natural, you still would have a void to fill. Ask the Hollywood movie stars. <laughs> they, they, they always wanting this and always wanting that. And next thing you know, you hear they tried to commit suicide because they couldn't function and cope with the, the reality of life. Because there is no life if you're not in Christ Jesus. That's what that passage is trying to clarify to us. Verse 4, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Hallelujah. What a blessing and a great verse there. Now, where's the life source coming from? Christ Jesus. If I am looking for stuff to make my life complete, no wonder I have anxiety and fear. What the Lord showed me this week was this, Barry. The same way that I place you into Christ. You were born of God. You were put in Christ. When you were put in Christ, you now have been given the knowledge and the thinking capacity of how God thinks. And with that, I can learn now that I could never forgive somebody, but the God in me has. Because he sees everybody as innocent, remember? He sees the law of sin and death in people, so he knows that the law of sin and death is going to produce something ugly toward me or you. But we look past the law of sin and death because we also see an innocence in somebody, and it's that innocent person who needs to hear about the life of Christ so that Christ also can remove the law of sin and death out of them. So with that mindset, therefore, as a new covenant believer, God does not fear or have anxiety. And if I'm in Christ and Christ is in me, there should not be fear and anxiety. The only reason there is, is because I believed a lie. It's that simple. Can you all pause and think back of the thing that you thought you needed or you were lacking? This past week, I did. 
There are two areas of my life that I seem to fear or maybe anxious. My stomach would get in knots when certain things were mentioned in a conversation. And it went back to two issues that I looked back and I realized at that point, I've been lied to. And you know why I've been lied to? Because if you're in Christ, all you hear God saying is, who told you that you were lacking? Who told you that you were lacking? You've been fearing this and what these people have been saying all these years, Barry, and I have prepared for you life eternal in my son. You have life and you've been set free from the law of sin and death. We just sang, I'm free from the fear of tomorrow, right? I'm free from the guilt of the past. I've traded my shackles, the bondage of fear of death, for a glorious song. That's a song of life in Christ Jesus. I'm free, praise the Lord, free at last. Are we free or are we pretending to be free? Now, if you're on medicine for that, you need to go to your doctor and just say, you know what, doc? My fear and my anxiety may be slipping pretty soon and going to be drifting away. So if I come calling you, you better be ready to take me off this stuff. Because I believe that God's going to change that in my life. Because <laughs> he never intended for me to have anxiety and fear. Remember now, God designed you from the very beginning of time. Not to fear death, especially because death didn't exist. Only life existed before the fall. The Bible says that we've not been given a spirit of fear. We've not been given a spirit of fear, church. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1, where it says, Therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Right? The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has freed us from the law of sin and death. Did y'all hear that? Did you hear that? There's an exchange. You can't have both laws in you. The Spirit of life, hope, joy, not the spirit of fear and anxiety. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus has freed us from the law of sin and death. I pray this morning has encouraged you, and I pray that your eyes have been open to a simple nugget that when you go home this week and you say, you know what? I need to stop fearing over crazy stuff and I need to go back to the root of it and find out what lie I've been told because God's saying today, who told you that you couldn't live a life without fear and anxiety? When was the last time as a New Covenant believer that you took honestly what God said and you applied it and believed it and expected to see a difference. Do you know as you walk in grace, we're supposed to do that every day, all day, 24-7. I'm believing what God says, therefore I'm expecting to see a difference. I'm living a life of expectancy. 
I am watching for Christ to manifest all the benefits he promised that I have in him. And God is working that out in me the more I believe it and that I am persuaded that I have that in me. God never intended for us to be anxious or a fear. Praise God. Let's stand if you would. Bow your heads. Father, we thank you today for the word of truth. I thank you, God, for the promise once again that we don't have to be bound anymore by the world. And the Bible verse even said for a lifetime. God, we don't have to be bound for a lifetime. I thank you that by the power of the blood of Jesus that all the chains and shackles of of the fear of death uh, were set aside and that we now have the confidence and the victory of in life in Christ Jesus. I thank you that, Lord, I have the spirit of life in Christ Jesus living in me. And, Lord, with that said, I just thank you that you are here to reveal your your truth to us every Sunday. God, I thank you that as we dive in the Word and on Wednesdays that you're showing us more and more and more, God, that it's all finished already in Christ. We just need to sit back like in Eden and enjoy what you've come to do for us and how much you want to show us that you love us. Father, I thank you that we are sensing your love more and more. We are seeing your love more and more. And God, to just think that you are taking away now our fear and the things that we've been anxious about, you're taking that away. What a glorious life it could be on earth. We can find true abundant life and victorious life right here on earth. And I thank you for that. And it's all because we have set our affections and our thoughts on the things above. As we pause and we think that Jesus was the example of me. And you loved him so much that you didn't leave him in the grave. You brought him forth and you gave us a new creation, a new life, a new man. And it's Christ in us and we thank you for that gift. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord.